In all these years we have researched Ophir, one scripture has always eluded us. In fortifying this case fully for our book project, which we will update soon, we realize this scripture in Jeremiah 6.20 is once again talking about Sheba Philippines, most definitely, indisputably, not Ethiopia, the wrong Sheba yet again. And it wouldn't matter if it was Ethiopia, but the point is it is not, and this further fortifies our entire case very well, I might add. However, go and read one scholar after another making bad assumptions on this verse because they have not researched this. Now, we have, and we will fully prove that Sheba in this passage is also the Philippines, not Ethiopia, who cannot qualify based on the evidence. Welcome to part 49 of 100 Clues, The Philippines is Ophir. We are including this in Solomon's Gold series up front as well, because this is good, solid evidence. Is Ophir the Philippines? Yes, we've proven that. Is Sheba? Yes, we've proven that. Is Tarshish? Yes, we've proven that. This will serve as further evidence entrenching the Philippines as the land of the Queen of Sheba. Watch this and then go out and prove it for yourself. Let's enter the realm that scholars have forsaken. This is why we care not what any scholar agrees with or not. Because in hundreds of years, they have screwed this up and you'll know what we mean by the end of this video. All it takes is a simple test, and this narrative is obvious to all. Jeremiah 6.20 To what purpose cometh there to me incense from Sheba, and the sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. Now, this is Yahuwah rebuking Judea especially for setting aside his law. Somehow, that keeps coming up in Scripture, doesn't it? See, it matters to him, and that is all that matters. No scholar, seminarian, pastor, nor even pope can overcome the will of Yahuwah. So, why would we try? Now, in the next video, already uploaded, part 50, The Estate of Adam, some of you have already viewed it, we will fully prove out that the origin of frankincense is not Ethiopia, nor is myrrh Yemen. These are nonsensical false paradigms used to really in backwards and circular reasoning entrap all of us in a false paradigm of Pharisee leaven. See, once you're trapped in that paradigm, it really doesn't matter what sides you take within the paradigm, because you're still trapped. The walls are still there. It's time to break out of these paradigms that are created for us to fall into. The incense of Sheba originates in the Philippines. However, this will prove itself out by the other resource in this passage which both originate from the same land, as they must. See, 
it must not only just have frankincense, but, and that's, by the way, this Hebrew word, lobona, is also interpreted frankincense. In this passage, it's just interpreted spices, but we're going to go for it and go for frankincense. And again, we'll prove that in the next video. But it must have sugar cane. But let's not overlook. Some modern translations actually render this not as sugar cane, but as sweet calamus, also known today as sweet flag. So this is either sugar cane or sweet calamus, sweet flag. Both have uses for incense and are appropriate within this passage. No problem there. But here's the good news. We do not have to decide today which one this passage is referring to. Because, interestingly, we find both of these resources would disqualify Ethiopia as being the wrong Sheba for this passage yet again. Also proving that frankincense must come from somewhere else, the other Sheba, the one that is from the brother of Ophir. This is what happens when so-called scholars make assumptions without conducting any research, other than, and this is normal for their paradigm, reading other scholars. That's not a way to build a case. That is a side research leg that all should certainly take that route. But then they need to go back to the Bible. They need to go to science. And if there's a resource involved, my goodness, one would think they would just simply go to history and test whether Ethiopia or the Philippines or whatever they land they think this Sheba might be must in fact have native sugarcane or sweet calamus. Really, both would be even better. Now, perhaps this is a little too simplistic in thinking, but we think not, because our simple thinking has clarified so much over the last five or so years that we've been researching, and we're glad we have. So, is this Sheba, the son of Ham and Cush, in Ethiopia, or is it the other forgotten, overlooked, and trampled upon Sheba, brother of Ophir from Joktan from Shem, who lived, we prove, indisputably, in the Philippines? This is, on the surface, unimportant, right? Well, it may not appear so. However, what Jeremiah did here was preserve this geography, as this cannot be Ethiopia in the slightest, we'll show you. As we always say, the Bible is brilliant. When you just believe it and test it, and allow Scripture to prove out Scripture, and test Scripture, when it mentions a resource, go and look. Is that resource even native to that land that you thought it was? Well, it needs to be or it doesn't fit. Now let's look at Ethiopian history because it tells this story and then what does the Philippines record for these two spices? The answer is amazing. Hindawi, originally an Egyptian, African publisher of reputable science journals, records this. Sugarcane has been cultivated by smallholder farmers 
since the 16th century in Ethiopia and preceded the commercial production. Oops. See, sugar cane is not native to Ethiopia. It was introduced and it grows well there, but was not cultivated until the 16th century. The Queen of Sheba from the Philippines lived around 950 B.C., over 2,500 years earlier. Thus, Ethiopia is not the right Sheba for the Queen of Sheba in this passage yet again. However, the Philippines is, according to the Philippine Department of Agriculture itself, notice these are extremely credible sources. The sugar industry of the Philippines has had a colorful and dramatic history. The industry started some two to four thousand years before the Christian era, B.C., where vessels from the celebs brought sugarcane cuttings to Mindanao. So, the celebs being Borneo, essentially, and uh, Malaysia, Indonesia. So they brought it to Mindanao. Oh, wait. So eventually these plants spread further north to Visayan Islands and Luzon. So it went all over the archipelago. So sugarcane, here we go, is not native in ancient times to the Philippines either. Uh-oh, is this a problem? No. It was introduced, according to history, from essentially Malaysia. Oh, wait a minute. Is not Sabah, Malaysia, part of the Philippines in history? Yes, it is. Actually, technically, it may still be. But no matter, this was brought into the Philippine archipelago in at least 2000 B.C. or earlier, as much as 4000 B.C., according to this report. So again, the Queen of Sheba lived in 950 B.C., thus the Philippines was already cultivating sugarcane long before her era. There it fits in the passage, and the Philippines fits. Now you can add to this that Ethiopia certainly has a history beginning, not until the 16th century, way too late, but the Philippines even has recorded history from China in the Chinese history, that says that in 982 A.D., and we cover this in our Miraculous Mindoro video in detail, that the Philippines brought wine to the Chinese made of sugar cane. And they call it basi. Thus, the Philippines qualifies on this criteria as the accurate Sheba, and Ethiopia fails yet another test, as it is not in any sense the land of the Queen of Sheba, who cannot be from Ham anyway, but des descends from Sheba, brother of Ophir. Now what about Calamus, though? Oh, this one is an epic fail for Ethiopia, even worse. Why would any scholar go around telling people that this is Ethiopia, when it does not even have the requirements of the passage because they live in a false paradigm, especially in very ancient times. We must prove all things, my friends, or we will be 
deceived. This is from the South African National Biodiversity Institute regarding Ethiopia. Once again, very credible. Another African source, not European, and it cannot be dismissed, nor can the first. Another African source. Acarus calamus, common names, sweet flag, and then there's some others there. This plant originated from, what's that? Asia. That's according to African sources. But has been cultivated in South Africa since early colonial times along stream banks and in wetlands. It is now distributed countrywide and has become naturalized. Now, does this say this plant originated in Ethiopia? Oops. Nope, it doesn't. Not even on the continent of Africa, for that matter. It's out. But this sweet calamus, also known as sweet flag, comes from Asia, not Africa, thus not native. Colonial times, again, about the 16th century, this was introduced into Africa, into Ethiopia. So, it just doesn't work, does it? But how about the Philippines? Is it in the right part of Asia to count? The Stewart Exchange, one of the most credible botanical sites out there, says sweet calamus is found in the Philippines, along streams in mountains, creeks, other moist places with running water on boulders, etc. At low and medium altitude in Luzon, Laguna, also found in Bontoc and Benguet provinces in swamps, at an altitude of about 1,300 meters as a naturalized element. Also occurs in the temperate to subtemperate regions of Eurasia and the Americas. Interestingly, many forget the Philippines is not only a tropical rainforest, but its climate in the mountains, especially areas like Baguio and Mountain Province, is considerably cooler and much more akin to areas of Europe, Eurasia, and the Americas, for that matter. Some have said the Philippines can't be the land of Adam and Eve, in fact, because they do not grow apples there. Well, actually, there are no apples in the narrative of Adam and Eve, none. But we will actually cover what the Book of Enoch calls the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It describes that tree, and we'll show you. It comes from the Orient. But it's not apples anyway, but regardless, pinpoints the Philippines. Now, if you want, however, to look at areas like Baguio, they actually have a native apple tree. It's not in the whole Philippines, but it certainly grows in the, some of the mountain regions. Now, he also identifies the pili tree in the Book of Enoch as he approaches the garden. So he is certainly in the Far East, even by the trees. Not to mention, he tells you he goes east of Saudi Arabia, east of India, and further to the east, and further to the east, and further to the east. So it's pretty obvious where he is. But anyway, we understand scholars are not experts in plants, by the way, and trees. And no one should expect them to be. But see, neither are we. We just research it out. That's all. 
All of us are capable of learning this stuff. One comment the other day said, we cannot possibly even draw conclusions on the location of Ophir because, well, we are not scientists. And it takes at least three scientists to declare such. Now, by the way, you cannot find Ophir just using science. You have to use multiple disciplines. And it actually takes a group, kind of like the God culture, who actually is well-versed in many disciplines, but regardless, is good at research, because that's what matters. Now first, before silencing us, that person just silenced themselves, because that was, that was their attempt, because they have no right to speak at all. They don't even have a right to object, because they are not a scientist, nor are they three scientists. So in their own thinking, they actually discount themselves and silence themselves. Therefore, whatever they said, can't even hear it because the whole paradigm is a false narrative. <laughs> now, we can all prove these things out, and better we do it for ourselves, because frankly, on this topic, the church of every sort, every denomination, pretty much, has failed on this narrative. Science has failed on this narrative. Archaeologists, and every ologist for that matter, has failed on this topic. Seminaries have failed. Historians have failed. And without three failures to corroborate their own failure, one cannot research and publish findings. Now that is the epitome of ridiculous. So what do we know here? We know scientifically, without the support of three scientists even, that those interpreting this passage as Ethiopia are wrong, period. They just cannot justify that position because they have not researched the very elements listed there. This is the Philippines, shoved under the carpet once again, and we've been able to find it. Why? Because someone does not want you to know your identity, but you shall and you shall rise, Philippines. The next video is already uploaded, The Estate of Adam, and there we completely test the biblical frankincense and myrrh, which originate not in Ethiopia and not in Yemen. Those are false narratives, and we prove it out. They originate in the land of creation, the land of Havila, the land of Hava, Eve, the land of Adam and Eve. Yes, they are viable alternatives, indeed. They have good quality. However, they cannot be the origin, period, because they do not fit the land of creation and the land of Havila. Now let's end with a quick review of the context of this passage, which has a message for all of us today. Going back to verse 17, Jeremiah 6, Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth. Behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. That is what 
he is saying here. He will not smell the incense of Sheba, the frankincense, or the sugar cane, or sweet calamus, whichever it may be, of Sheba either. Jeremiah defines this land as the Philippines, not Ethiopia. It's out. Here we go again, though. Yahuwah is not happy with the people that do not keep his covenant. Now, again, we find them keeping his covenant all the way deep into Revelation. In the very end times, the remnant will be defined by keeping his covenant. There is no escaping this. Matthew 5, 17 through 20, which we've covered many times, is abundantly clear. Messiah did not abolish the law, nor the prophets, or the Old Testament, neither one. Instead, he reinforces it. He keeps the covenant himself. His disciples do the same. He renews it and makes it new, but its basis is still on the old. And he says the Old Testament will not pass away. Not one letter of it, not one letter of the law passes. Not until the day of final judgment when heaven and earth pass away. See, he dates it. He gives a time. May we all restore his ways in our lives today. Restore his name, his feast days, his Sabbath, and his ways, not the doctrines of men. Thank you for watching Solomon's Gold series, our 100 Clues, The Philippines is Ophir as well. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to click the bell. Share this video with others. Friend us on Facebook at The God Culture, space hyphen space original. And check out our website at thegodculture.com. Our email is thegodculture at gmail.com. And we are scheduling conferences now for 2020. We just need hosts, that's all. Keep your eyes out for an announcement on our book details coming very soon, we hope. Thank you all for your prayers, your comments, your encouragement, and support in every way. You are all important and precious, especially those on Patreon who have been faithful. This has made a tremendous difference. And we have reached so many in this past year, and we're excited about what's coming in 2020. We have some private events coming as well we cannot announce, but we are humbled and overwhelmed. And we love you all. Always remember to prove all things for yourself. Yahuwah God bless all.